The best in African music, African music. on the World Show with Nikki B. Well, you know, it is always the best in African music right here. And of course, now is no exception. Pilani Bubu, welcome always to the World Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I'm sure some people were listening and saying, um, but she was on, wasn't she on recently? And no, no, no. <laughs> Since last year, we've been saying we've got to have you on this, yeah. For this album. album. Yeah. I've been waiting for it. Since and last year, and it's crazy. The album's been ready. You know, two yes. folklores later. Two you know? folklores later. So yes. I'm here now about that. Yes, <laughs> but you know, before we even begin, Pilani, I think about you, and I, I watch. You know, I watch you on socials, and we chat obviously every now and again, and I think. Does this woman ever sleep? <laughs> she is so busy. She's so on the ball. And not just is your energy and your your passion and dedication so inspiring, but of course your music too. Oh, thank you, Nikki. I do sleep. People often say this, and I don't know why that like I think efficiency and productivity looks like no sleep. But yes. I work from rest. I do enjoy my sleep. Yes. So I do sleep, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I must say big up, because if, if you do the amount that you do, that I see you doing, yeah. and I'm sure there's more, then it, it, it clearly is about like, really concentrated focus it's about being yeah. able to yeah you know? i think that um when you when you see what so when you're becoming there has to be an alignment to something very purposeful to you and that thing is something that energizes you so it's almost like you have infinite energy for it and the more you do it the more energy you have they say that when you're sitting in your passion hours then there's no hours there's just you know you'll do something over 14 hours and it'll feel like it's just only been an hour and i'm truly living that sort of energetic field in my life so that the power of passion do you know yes. and it's all been by design you know and i haven't always sort of been with music or chosen music as kind of the first thing in my life this is 12 years of harnessing really extreme focus focusing zeroing in on that thing that i could be most impactful about or with and i think it comes from passion and energy as you've described yes. yeah but also just the multifacetedness of what you of what you achieve mm. you know uh, uh, it's hard enough being an artist and just focusing on your art yeah you know i've been lucky um or maybe it's not lucky. I think it's been my, my destiny path to, to walk into different spaces and to learn, but also to enjoy those spaces. I enjoy them for productivity, but I also have benefited being an entrepreneur or having worked in corporate or having made this choice. This was a deliberate choice. I was working in corporate 12 years ago. This was a deliberate choice and having the benefit of seeing different spaces and the way things work in different ways, or at least how creativity and the process of creativity and execution looks like has been of benefit to me because I've been able to like really express different sides of myself without feeling like I've got to prove that I'm a singer and yes. that I'm good. It's been more about being consistent, persistent for the reason in which I'm being. And so for me, I couldn't come straight into music as a solo act unless I could really find the reason why I was here yes. or why I am here and why I should do it. Why is it my first platform for, for communication? Why is it the first storytelling platform? So I storytell in many different ways yes. but music is my first love and so it's the most way it's the best way to be most effective and it's a universal language you know if you can do music it's absolutely amazing um, so for me I, I do think that um, that idea of sort of intention and, and, and knuckling down why my big why 
uh, has kept me here, kept me consistent, has led me to kind of, yeah, I think that's what kind of you're observing about my life. And I think the diversity of the different things that I've done have only been of benefit to this first love in order for me to see how to manage my time, how to manage a budget, how to be an executive producer, how to own what I'm doing. You know, it was hard for me to be in studio and completely creative direct everything and be like I'm a producer oh my god I, I'm actually <laughs> producing this album right now do you know and I, and I think it takes working in different spaces that allow for processes to be clearly defined and structured it's, it's been really beneficial <laughs> wow this is like what you've just said there and just that one answer is a masterclass in <laughs> itself honestly yeah. I'm not joking but that is something that I think you know so many young entrepreneurs mm. so many young art what you've just said is literally a masterclass so I'm adding on to your repertoire of things things you that do. I still want to do in the future no 1000% that's part of the plan yes I'm well you're already doing it <laughs> right I just have to speak out <laughs> exactly exactly yeah now today we definitely all about Folklore Chapter 2, Ekuseni. But before we go there, I have to just wrap up the Folklore Festival that ah, happened. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about that. What was it like for you as, as I suppose, the second official one? Would that be the right way to yes, say it? Yes, it was the second edition. Yes. A second annual yes. edition. We hope to do some French shows, but, you know, it all, you know, we put in the effort and we hope for the best. And, yes. Um, the second edition for me was progressive in the sense that we made progress. You know, we increased the numbers. We've made our point. We've created awareness. We've got visibility. Um, we pushed the threshold yes. on the artist lineup. We displayed what we're about on the artist lineup. We stayed true to the brand. And I think it's going to be about really establishing what we're about and keeping the essence of it. I'm comfortable where we are. I don't want to grow too big, too fast. Do you know? But so there these, was already growth. There was yeah, already it grew, it grew. beautiful it growth. Yes. And, and, it, and it grew with the target market in itself that families, you know, That's coming it. into a space and being able to share a space as a community and as, as families is very important and I think just for the future of the world I think humanity is established by being able to have values that are beyond yourself like yes. beyond individualism beyond you know what I mean there has to be a sense of community and we did that we also really focused on collaboration as well just kind of establishing the idea of collective yes. and I think you could tell from the way people, the lineup, how Tandega, you know, Vinyongo, yes. you know, collaborated with Ancient Voices, how we brought together Lala Piano with. Um, that was, that was so. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't take the smile off my face. Lala Piano, yes. were you dancing? Were you playing <laughs> by show? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a project. It's in the works. Siam Tembu oh, and the and kids. Hukani, and those Daya, kids, Windy and those Brown kids Theater. were small. They were tiny they for were that small. time slot, right? Not, they not just loved for the time it. slot, but for for the, that show it was so beautiful <laughs> that was really a good demonstration of mm. that you know beyond just the National School of Arts and the work we do with them I think the Windy Bra project and just you know the folklore de la piano yes. repertoire was such an example of like how we interplay as adults and children yes. there is that exchange you know and we allowed the audience to find their inner child through these childhood play songs do you yes. know um, that was for me manifest yes. because when I st it started as a residency in the UK with Lala Piano Folklore. I hadn't yes. titled it until there were grant applications to be done. Yes. It was just about documenting sort of how the inner child can kind of find themselves in modern day dance music, whether that was piano, com, etc. Yes. And storytelling within that platform, you know, as 
as it globalizes or at least spreads through the world and then seeing it live on home ground and people dancing in the audience yes. like reacting to it in a visceral manner yes. was amazing no it was joyous it, it was, was joyous and as i said they were younger than the kids at the national they were. Uh, school of the arts and mm-hmm. and that was they were so together so on form right and what a beautiful Ah, uh, if that wasn't healing to some of our, you know, older audience, I don't yes. know what is. And just to our country as a whole. Yes, we do you know? need to. Yes. Kind of, I think, like I said, it's that intergenerational dialogue. It's that family space. It's those values that we so need. It's that sense of community. Yes. And feeling also understood. I think there are a lot of parents who came and left their kids with childminders and just took a deep breath. Yes. And enjoyed something that is not always not we're not always thinking about this. We, you know, we get so lost into sort of club culture, piano festivals yes. that it becomes more about like the, you know, exuberant times versus collective, meditative, reflective times. Yes. And I think the folklore festival is like more of a reflective together space. Absolutely. You know? If you didn't go this year, you've got to go next year. Let me tell you, this is something so special. Uh, <laughs> I've been to both, and they both were absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Nick. Now, Pilani, we're going to move on to the album. But I've kind of got a feeling, like, before we talk about the album, let's play the two opening tracks. Let's do it. Let's play the two opening tracks, and then when we come out of these, Pilani is going to explain a little bit more about these tracks as we uh, move along and uh, talk about the album as a whole. The best in African music, African music. on The World Show with Nikki B.
<laughs> Honestly, I am so proud of this woman and, and I say that like Just even if I didn't know her I would be proud of her <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just what beautiful work Those are the two opening tracks The title track, Ekuseni And uh, the uh, intro you say <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and of course the album is Folklore Chapter 2, Ekuseni Yes Tell us about that poem oh, So, um I say that there is no better awakeness or at least um, an alignment that you feel in the morning when you wake. So Ekuseni means morning time. And I describe the moment in which, um, you know, you kind of wake up and you try to remember your dreams, but you come into the waking day. But I, I'm also describing a moment of enlightenment. I talk about how the moon, the sun will always defeat the moon. And you will wake up without having... You, do you mean like, you yes. know, without someone having to, no one will have to wake you up. No one has to shove you. You just will always gently ride the, the kind of the energy of consciousness and enlightenment, if so. Because the first track talks about the healer who accepts their call. So it's sort of a, an album about these dreamscapes. So in the first song, my ancestors are like buzzing in my head. Except your call. And in Ekusen, it's just kind of waking up to that and how clear and vivid the mornings are for me. And Umdane Tongo in, in, in African culture is someone who communes and sort of works through dreams, do you know, or ancestors in the dreamscape. And I'm that child. And this project was accelerated so much to kind of finish writing it when my dad passed in 2021. And it was the way we were communing. My dad and I would sit around the table. He would talk to me about everything talk to your brothers about this what is it going to take for you and your twin sister to fix that and he came with such a sense of urgency 
you know, and I, I have to, you know, seek in the spirit. What is this trying to tell me? Where are we in the times? And I'm very obedient in the music, particularly through the folklore project, yes. to my call in this space. And it's not just about me. It's about my, the collective. It's about my ancestors. It's about African culture. It's more. It's bigger than me. Do you yes. know? So the opening two tracks are about how I work in the space as yes. like Umdane Tongo and how enlightenment comes to me and I love the clarity of my morning times. And so, yeah, chapter two is just really about that feeling of elevated consciousness. And now how does it extend from chapter one? How would you define that, yeah. you know, that transition or difference, if you like? So chapter one for me was like initiation. It was a school. I immersed myself into a world. If you notice, a lot of the traditional folk songs that I reinterpreted were things I was celebrating in the music, in the language, in the call and response, in the rhythm, in the time signatures, just trying to immerse myself in something that I needed to dig deeper into. So it was a broad spectrum of culture, talking about different stories, ancient spirit guides, songs that are written that needed to find themselves in more meaning, uh, men, women, and within that kind of social construct of culture past, present, future. And I think I feel that in chapter one, I graduated. So, you know, um, a lot of people can really identify with this. And that's why we call Sisangoma, you know, Ingoma. And I felt that about chapter one. So I finished off the chapter with Ikecha. So the opening title of chapter two is the finishing song which is the healer in chapter one. And that is the connection point. And in chapter two, I exercise and I almost make, uh, you know what I mean, practice that which I learned in chapter one. So a lot of this project is all mostly original compositions. I think there's probably like 15% traditional folk songs that are, no, hooks that are in some of the songs. Yes, but obviously you've reinterpreted them as well in a contemporary way. Yeah, Yeah. and um, which other one is a, yeah, the the portions of it, the hook, are a traditional folk song. But most of it is original compositions, me learning to celebrate indigenous instruments, trying to find different ways to write different time signatures, and just like celebrating our music, the call and response, the harmonies, but it does have some influences because it talks about spirituality where you kind of hear some of those like Anglo-sized, you know, I grew up in the Anglican church and yes. the Methodist church and I'm, I have such vast spectrums of spirituality in my life, also in the Zionist church and apostolic church. And I wanted it to be as diverse as I am in my spirituality while still talking louder about ancestry and ancient wisdom and rituals and rites of passages. And again, why why cannot spiritu- why shouldn't spirituality be diverse, uh, diverse and um, and and also integrated? Mm. You know, because this is the world today. As you say, you grew up with strong African roots. Uh, roots. You grew up also with, uh, you know, the the church. Yes, concept. I did, you know? and, and I did want that to come out. Yes, here. that assimilation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. But talk about that, and even on that song. A couple of collaborations. What beautiful collaborations right. on this album. Carefully selected. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so those last two songs you have, uh, Leander Matope on, on, on piano and uh, Londa Kogwana on trumpet. And of course, Luanda's featured on that song that I have been already playing on We're going to play it We're tonight, play it. right? Yeah, yes, there was a certain sensibility. I think 
choosing the artists to work in the studio, you know, we are all in the space. There's, there, you know, so many incredible musicians in South Africa. And I think there's a space for everyone. We have to celebrate each other for that thing that we do so well. Yes. Do you know? Yes. And yeah, and I, and saying, I feel... I know, I know you can bring this. I know you can bring this. this. And yes. they brought that. And I want you for that song because that's the song that exactly. wants you there. 1,000%. Yes. Yes. yes, that was it. That was the choice in it. And, and then all time collaborators are still in the music. You'll hear in the next song, the Zulu bass. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tetwa. Always. Beautiful. I just cannot, Beautiful. you know, finish a project that has that sensibility without yes. inviting Begum Tetwa. And we work so beautifully together. Do you know? Um, yeah. And in fact, the next song we are going to play features uh, um, also Luanda again. Yes. Uh, this beautiful. Tell us about this one because you were saying you it's, were about It to. goes into mm. it, it itself, you know. So in Gatazo, you know, in African culture and talk about African spirituality, there is there are these parallels that I draw in the project around the journey of Umdotwasai or, um, or someone who's to become a healer and, and where it begins. We say it begins with a bit of trouble in Gatas or a child gets sick or someone, do you mean something, there is a, a, a shift in a child's life where either they're ill or they're having visions or dreams yes. or etc. And then they need to be taken to the person who can initiate them. Yes. And so in Gatas is like establishing that journey, but also telling a universal story of like our generation being slightly not knowledgeable enough and need to inquire more and dig deeper, but also um, that we're so busy in these urban landscapes that we've got so much to patch between two worlds of the ancient and the modern and so it describes that we 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 we, we are in this trouble and yes. that the kids need to do better because they actually need to join the dots of lineage yes essentially for the betterment of humanity everybody hear this call you know like the the, the i guess the call of like the, the god Yes. It says God specifically, but in essence, there's just so much about all of us as a collective calling on to the change that we desire as humanity. And that change requires us to dig deeper and to learn more. And I think that there is some kind of urgency towards other value systems or previous value systems and ancient ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't be more appropriate. Let's hear the track in Katazo featuring Rihanna Madope, Pelani Bubu's album Folklore, Chapter 2, Ekuseni. Sounds to uplift and inspire on the World Show with Nikki B.
Kaya 959. In Katazo, featuring Yanda Madope, she is the beautiful Pilani Bubu with me in studio. The album Folklore Chapter 2, Ekoseni. I know you're dying to get it. Isn't it absolutely beautiful? But it's not quite out in full yet. No. It's available on pre-order. It's available on pre-order on iTunes. Um, So you can see the track list and we're revealing them. But 1st of December, it will be out. And before that, we have a launch show on the 30th of November. So tell us a bit more about your launch show, where it is. So we did a preemptive one on my dad's birthday last week, Thursday in Cape Town. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, but we'll see if we have time to discuss yes. it. But on the 30th of November, just before the 1st, we have a concert at the Universal Music Live Concert Hall with the Alliance Francaise and Varage Clarins. And we, yeah, it's going to be a showcase of the project and with some of the guest features, Leomile, Monei. Yes. Um, and then just celebrating some of the instruments in the project. We have Sky Glaza coming up from Cape Town to play marimbas and bira and just really trying to highlight some of the elements in the project. Um, so it's at six o'clock. Uh, yeah, we're going to start at seven sharp. Yes. Tickets are available on Ticket Pro. Don't tell them. Always say it's at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to be on the late. I'm not okay. Yeah, no, this yes. show is going to run on time. Yes. Also, you know, we're also going to run on French time, so we're not going to run on South African time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, if folks can get their tickets out at Ticket Pro. It's yes. not like a listening party. I quite enjoy, you know, performing music live. For yes. me, I just need you to feel it. As yes. it, from whence it comes, where the spirit moves versus just being like pressing the button because the music evolves after you've recorded it. So I don't often do like listening sessions. I'd just like you to come and feel for the music live. Yes. Yeah. And how it's interpreted on that specific day. Exactly. On a different day in a different environment, it could, you know, 100%. it's a different take. 100% you know the band that I used in Cape Town had a, a different feeling I thoroughly enjoyed working with them and you know we had a two and a half hour long show non-stop in Cape Town last wow. week the spirit moved the audience it's also community music it's folk mm. music yes. uh, you know people must come with the sensibility of like community and just feel like you yes. sing and you join in it yes. doesn't matter how beautiful the voice or how in on pitch or you know on key you are it's just about the sense of the music being about how we all translate it how we all understand it how it feels to us do you yes. know yeah. and I mean even with a song like that one I've just played in, in Qatar Yes. There's always a, there's often a hook in your songs <laughs> that almost gives that space. That sense of call and response. Of call and response. Love, absolutely. A child. Yes. I'm a child of call and response. Yes. yes. So generally live that song, the audience, I go, the people should sing. Yes. And then we shift. We have a turnaround and everyone goes, you know, we're all proclaiming. Whoa, what what is wrong with the world? Hi bo, hi bo, hi bo, hi bo, hi bo, hi bo. And we just love that as Africans when we can join in a in a message. And like however repetitive it is, somehow it deepens when you with you when you can have that sense of repeat Absolutely. and that sense of call and response, do you know? Absolutely. And and again when, when there's a crowd that's yeah. actually Bringing you that. Yes. That is something oh, else. Love it. I'm <laughs> absolutely indulgent about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, talk about that, Pironi, and going back again to folklore. I don't want to stay there, but I'm amazed that you put on this massive festival and you perform like three different times, three different acts <laughs> on the same festival that you actually 
you know, facilitating, producing, producing you know. Wow, what energy, beautiful. Yeah, mm. I think that's what happens, like we described it earlier in the flow. Yes. I think what the China or the, you know, Eastern uh, philosophies call the chi. Yes. Um, I, and, and that's by design. I, I, you know, my energy is driven by productivity. Yes. So for me, there's a certain level of preparedness, of course, of course right? Yes. But there's also a certain level of like plugging into that which makes the the cause and 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 the reason and the purpose yes and that's the stuff that drives me I'm yes. on there won't for you know I'm in I have my you hands up in. I'm ready to play <laughs> yeah beautiful let's hear another track now this one's quite interesting and again one of the things that I love about this and you touched on it earlier which is bringing in different ethnic groupings yes uh, uh, why is that important and uh, and even the language. Yes. So when I when folklore sort of was organically growing within me, I realized that there was a conversation that I was having with myself, but also having with others that was just, it wasn't enough that I was the only voice, right? So it's a very, it's an invitation almost. And that's why the festival exists. And so, you know, I write in Kosa, but I also grew up, you know, I love Tswana as a language. I love speaking uh, language. And in me sort of going to the initiation and the practice of chapter one, I came to celebrate my own language and understand what about it makes it so musical makes it so understandable and so deep in essence and so inviting certain collaborators like Munei on this yes. next track really felt you know and it's also an intuitive thing I had to choose okay which song do I think would work with Munei yes. and it just Tafilibanzi just seemed to be perfect because quite often Munei throws us all the way into the portal of the vendor people yes. through his own personal story, whether through his grandmother, his personal experience with his you know, father or his lived experience. And in some way has this ancientness we were talking about yes. in his voice and had, has this love for his language and his culture. And he brought in such a beautiful way to express what I was saying in Kosa which is about journeying home. I specifically speak about a particular ritual, which is the first rite for any child who is born when the umbilical cord is you know um planted in the patriarchal crowd of their birthplace and and that kind of establishes your existence in the spiritual realm of community with or communion with ancestors and it says that this child is now here this is it also can be a naming ceremony and thus walk with them guide them and I believe really these dots that we're trying to join, these generational undoings and traumas or understandings of our own purpose cannot be so far removed from our genetics or makeup or our history or our lineage. So these are when we're joining dots. And in oftentimes a lot of people feel lost or there isn't this sense of kind of belonging or culture. And it could be anything to anyone in yes. you know, across the world. And I wanna kind of I wanted to describe that feeling of having to return to a place that felt more like a semblance of home. And finding that sense of home, and Monet describes the same thing, which which is funny. He talks about these corn cobs being this journey, and you know, in Venda yes. and the spaces there being so filled with corn. But my dad would also peel an orange for me, and he would say, "Let me, let me, let me map a journey for you to Tafilibanzi to Lusikisiki home." And he would almost say that this orange that he's peeling for me yes. is that root. So it's so funny when he wrote it, he kind of tapped into that as well. Um, I describe my need and my necessity for imbeleko. 
yes. which is the ceremony of the umbilical cord. Of course, that was done, but it wasn't done with all the other bits that needed to happen within that ceremony. And, you know, I couldn't begin other journeys in my life without that. And I know a lot of guys maybe who go for the rites of passage of becoming men or circumcision mm. have to start there. You can't get married and you can't utomba before you get married. And so yes. before utomba, you need to actually have imbelego. So it was tracing back my footsteps. I talk about you know, looking back and finding these things and collecting ourselves, you know, along the way. And it's a real life story. I only had my Mbeleko done this January. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So in the project itself, it becomes the turning point. And from then on, you start feeding the sense of community and, my, I, you know, going to my clan praises. I ask, you know, these two journeys that I'm walking in my calling, is it the Kualos or the Beles? I'm a Kualo on my dad's side. So in Vosumuzi, I say, my Kualo, I'm a Bele, Vumaningomazenu. And that's often the journey. It's like, who's leading me on this path? Who gave me my gifts? Where are these inheritances from? What is it that you ask of me? But when we close, I'll tell you a story about my grandfather and who actually is leading the call for me. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so Tafili Manz is really about that journey home, whatever that may be for you. And I pick up the sense of initiation actually throughout this album. Mm. And I think initiation is uh, in many different cultures, but that's something we can talk about afterwards. Sure. Let's hear this beautiful track, Tafaela Banzi. Tafaeli Banzi. Eli Banzi. <laughs> Thank you. With Pilani Bubu on the World Show. It's an absolute pleasure. Her new album will be out soon Folklore Chapter 2. Ekuseni. Songs of healing and inspiration on the World Show with Nikki B. Chikara chichi arangwa bubo Beviru zinga rwadoba Tukui Gore umutauri era purandira Kamukope Uri sangapi Uri umuta Uri nabashu Kondo nilashu Mashubini
What an, what a beautiful album. Oh, thank wow, you. Wow, absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Pilani Bubu, we are celebrating it. And as I said, uh, I just got a message from Zwandile saying, I cannot find Ekuseni on Shazam. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Stay Not with yet. Us. <laughs> Another two weeks and you will get it on Shazam. Yes. <laughs> yes it's only a, the full album is officially released in two weeks' time. Yes, 1st of yes. December. So don't worry, you could, but in the meanwhile, go online and get a pre-order. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Listen to the other three tracks. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you know, as I said, and as you're talking, it's kind of what I experienced from the album. But for me, this is very much about levels of initiation or elements and I mean that is a universal concept mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever read a, a, a writer called Carolyn Mace and she wrote uh, in one of her books that she wrote she, she, she's a writer who writes about healing essentially mm. she was a journalist but she kind of equates uh, the Jewish tree of life with the um, Christian sacra uh, sacraments oh, yeah. and, the, and the chakra system mm. and how they're all related because each one is a point of initiation right. and what I'm loving about what you're doing here is almost bringing the, that from an African perspective right uh, and, and I think so what you're, you're reminding me of so, you know it's a saying that's kind of universal at the moment around how a lot of what a lot of the process of becoming and everything that we're doing or the revelation is reflecting and then also remembering it's almost like it's not new to us so we intuit a lot of our journey and trying to navigate our paths and that's what like initiation feels like and I think that's a universal concept and what I'm writing about in this project though it's a personal story is really universal in the sense that it is about how even if I say as an African child in the duality of my spirituality yes. how do I navigate my purpose through alignment and spiritual clarity and all I've learned as a child is that my spiritual clarity is nothing without my people which is such a construct we often celebrate in African culture and the value system mm. is often about community it's not like we move as all not as one yes. do you know and those are the things I'm highlighting which are now becoming universal in the world as well that shouldn't have not been left behind yes. that sense of unity community is what we're lacking in a world that's so consumeristic so capitalistic so individualistic and I think these are the ways in which sort of spirituality is like a wholeness and not a separation these are other ideas that you know sometimes in you know Christianity or in sort of dogmatic spirituality or what they call religiousness yes. there's this separation of being yes. there's this idea of like this intangibility of yourself yes. and the tangibility of self are separated and those things were done through like power struggles whether it was the Roman Empire using Christianity and then distorting a message that was just so universal but we're trying to restore the wholeness of spirituality as like a lifestyle and a sense of being, uh, you know, an existence of yes. becoming. And I think those things are so universal in certain philosophies, Asian philosophies and other cultures, yes. do you know? Absolutely. But again, even if you look at the essence of all those, uh, uh, can I use the word, as you say, religions, or uh, is not the essence of this exact same often yeah. it's it's lost in translation it's, yes it's the followers that might make it a dogma yes but the essence of what whether it was buddha christ uh muhammad any of them was the same it was all encompassing yes absolutely they, yes god is god is god it's god to across the yes. board <laughs> <laughs> and non-exclusive everywhere the old creator yes. 
I want to make sure that we include a couple another uh, couple more tracks. T- two we've got to, and I mean, this next one's so interesting for me because yes. when I say the song Vulin Leila, who does everyone think about? Brenda, Brenda Fassi. Fassi, yes. <laughs> but this goes back further. Yes. Tell us about this track and, uh, yes, your what interpretation. I, you know, what I wanted to land here, for me, was the significance was the poetry and then the idea of, you know, I use these parallels in the project around initiation. So when we begin in the gatas or and then we have this turning point and we walk through these passages and we inquire and then civil sumzi, we have a traditional ceremony. but And then we call out to Amakwal or my clan's people. By the time we land on Vulinjela, the point that I'm you know, expressing is the fear that my family had, or at least after a particular long journey. I come from a long line of, of family members, including my mom, and it didn't always work out the way that it should have, including her parents, both my grandparents, and just like where we got lost in African spirituality. And it was through this demonization of, 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 of what was our culture, do you know, maybe from a lack of understanding or maybe from the kind of, we don't want to get into the politics of colonialism. And I'm yes. sure people can kind of finish off the sentences for me because I also want us to play the songs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talk about these white beads in CMB. And for me, all the conversations I've had in my life is people trying to divert me and avoid me doing that because, you know, we kind of went into the church and started working through the church prophetically yes. and it was like okay you don't have to do this traditionally so they asked my parents to skip a few rituals for me and my twin sister because they were like they're so ready to give me my beads and it was almost like we feared these beads we feared to go through these initiation practices because of people who probably made them awful probably through strife or needed more money you know yes. abusing a system and actually there is some purity in it and what I try and expect expresses this like omnipotence the legacy and the infiniteness of what lives in the spirit it's beyond us you almost can't deny it and so i say to these light bearers however they may present themselves yes. like like open the pathways here comes the healer and it's saying that in all families you know we move as a collective and there's these things that get passed on so if that light work is yours to do however where it is your destiny to heal you will heal do you know and we talk I talk about how we in spirit we move into quorum in plural in African culture we never speak in individual we say yes. Sani Bonani you know yes. and all of these things are are, are, are you know, kind of interlinked in the spirit. And so with me, whether I'm fearful of these white beads or whether my parents were, yes. white beads chuckle at your fear, faces white and painted smear, light reflecting the omnipotent legacy through spirit, so infinite. It's so infinitely significant. These Amanda Bamshope, lightly working, they, they, they're writing their call. Like these things are now we unable to deny them. They they play themselves out. You know, sometimes I say I'm a bit esoteric in that yes. way. They're, they're, you almost can't deny those parts of yourself and so this celebrates that journey now saying well the light you know always will come to the fore yes. and that these 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 things these legacies of of you know healers and isangoma yes. they'll carry themselves through time in in different ways yes. for me this church like being a pastoral zionist like led me in a particular route so i never had to go and you know, carry yes. these Nzimbis, but I'm still Umdana, you know, Wabanda Batal. 
you know, doing my work, healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I come back to that that point of assimilation. Is that uh, uh, why it need not be a bad thing? Right. Actually, it need not, yeah. It need We're not. evolving also as people. Absolutely. Yes. Let's hear the track of Vulin Lela. Um, but this time, you've got an unexpected take on a very classic message. Pilani Bubu, Folklore, Chapter 2, Ekuseni is the name of the album. The best in African music, African music. on The World Show with Nikki B. let you add on to that so beautiful <laughs> thank you, thank you. always feel blessed by just that moment of love yeah. oh, what a beautiful chat Pilani thank you yeah. for, for us just making time it's taken us a whole year do you know yeah yeah but right time 
right, right place. time, right yes. place. Don't forget the album's coming out. You will be able to get it get it on pre-order. And there is an event happening on the 30th. Tell us once again where and how much. 30th of November at the Universal Music Concert Hall. You can get the tickets at Ticket Pro. And it is in partnership with the Allianz in Varash and Clarence. And yeah, the tickets are 350 early bird. But if you are a late bird, it'll be 450. Um, so get out there, get your tickets. It's a real showcase of the album. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Now, I'm going to end with a track, Umtombo, featuring Luando Gawana, the track that is already a hit on the world show. I told you I wake up <laughs> with that song in my brain. I go to sleep with it in my brain. It's a big hit. Yeah. But before we end with that, tell me the story you were going to mention about your granddad. You know, Umtombo, my grandfather's nickname, who in Tafilibanzi, where he's bought his first property and had a shop. He he always was abundant, always looked after the community. So they called him Umtombo Mbombozai. But Umtombo is the water, the stream of water that you get at the foot of the mountain. It's like the purest water. We see it to be healing. So quite often we go up and we get Umans Umtombo to heal us. But it's also like the expression of abundance. And in the song, I wanted to express a dedication to him for naming me Pilani. You know, because Umtombo is like a wellspring of life and Pilani means to live or to heal. And I feel that everything that he envisioned, his dreams, his hopes for me in naming me and how he saw my life pan out have been made manifest. And I celebrate this idea that those who named us and our ancestors, both living and dead, are to be celebrated in ways that, you know, in the new expression, we are ancestors' wildest dreams. Yes. I am absolutely my ancestors' wildest dreams. And in the song, I'm expressing that in this journey of life, there is this place that I drink from, that I empower from that I, I jump off the shoulder of giants like Umtombo my grandfather and and so I encourage other kids to just drink from the visions and the hopes that your ancestors have for you Pilani Bubu. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. Oh, what a beautiful chat, beautiful album, incredible work. So much respect for what you do. I'm a big fan and a great supporter. Thank you, Nick. And I'm going to come on the 30th. I have to make that one. Yes, That's ma'am. So special. <laughs> Whatever else you do this week, make sure that you keep shining. Of course, keep it Kaya. And I'm ending with this absolutely exquisite musical gem, Umtombo, of Pilani Bubu's Folklore Chapter 2 Ecoseni. Songs of healing and inspiration on the World Show with Nikki B. Selam Tanah, Selam Tanah, Selam Tanah.